Hey, welcome to Home Church Podcast. It is a good day to have a good day. I'm Pastor Jerry Kuhn, and I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. My hope is that you will respond to the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you in and through this message today. And I believe that he will draw you into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, where you are passionate about loving God, doing good, and being a friend. I hope that you enjoy the message today. you, but I, I grew up, and all of us, I think we're all alike. I think every one of us, maybe we have different layers, I get it, and we look different. Maybe we grew up in different homes and things. All of us are very much alike. All of us really love to be validated. All of us would love to have that, that a boy. All of us. When I was growing up, I, I could not help but want to please my dad. I want to please my dad. There was a guy that, um, he was my coach. Coach Hoff was uh, a very instrumental in my life and helping me uh, go in the direction that I needed to go and, and, and believing in me. He was just, a, he was that guy. And I, I promise you, I would do anything for him to say, that a boy. Uh, anything to put a smile on his face and say, Jerry, man, you're doing great. And that moment to feel like I pleased him was that moment that I feel like I was validated. And I think everyone in this room where you have been created some way like that to make sure either it's our spouse, if it's our children, if it's maybe our mom and dad, however it may be, we all would like to have that, that a boy. I'm so pleased. I'm so happy. Um, you're my kid. And I think that even when we're looking through God's word as a child of, of God, that's what our greatest desire is to please God. I hope that's your desire. I hope that inside of you, you say, you know what? My greatest desire is to please God. I want to be able to hear that a boy from my father in heaven and that he'll look at me and say, I'm pleased with your life. I'm pleased with your decisions. I'm pleased with how you're handling your family. I'm pleased of how you're raising your family. I'm pleased how you work on your job. When no one's looking, I'm so pleased with you, all of us perhaps would love that. Enoch is who we're going to be talking about today, and I love Enoch because there's not a whole lot said about him. Not very much at all. All we really know, in a few minutes we'll read it, is that he pleased God. I mean, that's really, I mean, he's taken up. He doesn't have to die. He's taken up um, um, from this world, but he pleased God, and that's all we really know about this guy. And that is something that, if listen, at the end of my life, if someone would write on my tombstone, he pleased God, I would love that. That would be an achievement that, I, that, I, I'm, that I'm working for. All of us in this room are working for. That they could say, he absolutely, he pleased, he pleased God. And I hope that you feel um, this morning uh, challenged today. I hope that we can, we can help you as, lo- as we look at Enoch's life. And, and maybe we can share with you some of the things that he did that perhaps brought that pleasure, that perhaps got that, that a boy, that pleased God. So that will help you in this life that you're living today. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 2. I love this story. Um, actually, chapter 11 in Hebrews is the faith chapter. And we begin to have this list of men and women who, by faith, they, they absolutely pleased God. They, they lived victoriously through faith. And all of a sudden, here in chapter 12 of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, we have this statement, these verses. And it says this. Says this. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so cloud, so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin that which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand 
of the throne of God. I love these two verses. I love that because if you connect it with chapter 11 of Hebrews, you find that these, all these men that they talked about, all these men with faith, all these men that, that survived because of the faith that they had, uh, we find that they are surrounding you and I today. It's amazing. It's this like big, huge crowd, crowd of witnesses that are cheering you and I on. Now, obviously today, um, that, that, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how many numbers of people that perhaps is surrounding um, you and I today, but that Bible tells us of men and women of great faith that surrounds us as witnesses as though they're saying, I've made it. I've been there. I've got the t-shirt and I, I did it. I got it. So can you. They're perhaps cheering you on and saying, you got this. That a boy. I believe that there's three things that they are, when we look in these verses, there's three things that I believe that they are cheering you on. Now listen, I know that there's not voices from the dead, all right? But I do believe that the lives of people still live on and they still impact you and I today. And as we read the lives of these people, their lives speak to you three things that I think that will encourage you today. One, they speak this, lay aside. I think the lives of the men and women of faith in chapter 11 tell you and I that we need to lay aside every sin and weight that easily besets us. None of us are going to be able to run this race when we are so burdened down with perhaps our sin or the very things that are weighting us down. It's like, Pastor, what's weighting us down? I don't know. Maybe it's bitterness. Uh, maybe, maybe it is bad relationships. I, I don't know what the weight is. That's going to be you that's going to figure that out. But he says, lay it aside. That's what they're saying. All these witnesses, man, I've been there. I've been there when I had to lay down some things that so easily beset me. I was there when I had these things that were weights on my shoulders that did not allow me to run very quickly. I had to lay those things. And they're chanting at you, man. They're like, hey, lay it down. Lay it down. Lay it down. I believe that they're also chanting to you today in the lives. Their lives are speaking very loudly to you and I to run. Just run. Some of us are trying to figure out how to run, right? We're like, hey, I, I, gotta, I gotta keep my elbows in. I, I gotta pick up my knees. We're trying to figure out how to run this race. And all they're saying is, man, you just run. Make the effort. Run. Run this race with endurance. Stick with it. Hang in there. And their lives to you and I today, when we read their lives individually, from Abraham to Enoch, all these guys are telling us to lay aside, lay down, and run, run. And then they make this third thing that I think is very important to you and I. They said, look unto Jesus. They said, I don't want you just to lay it down. I don't want you just to run. But for you to be successful, for you to be able to please God, you're really going to have to keep your eyes on Jesus. And I think that's, that is perhaps the greatest key that I can give you today. There are going to be difficult times. There are going to be rough times. There's going to be times that I hope that you don't have to go through the same race or path that Deborah had to and go six weeks, five days a week and, and take chemotherapy and have to ring that bell. I hope that you, that's not your path. But if it is, that you will run with endurance and have faith and that you will look unto Jesus every day as you go. I pray as these guys are cheering you and they are surrounded. Let me, um, let me just illustrate that for you. Some of you are like, well, what does that look like? I told you earlier, I don't know the number of people that surrounded us. It's cheering us, cheering us on to lay aside and, and to run and, and to look unto Jesus. But I was, I, when I was a kid, I was, I don't know, I was a fanatic. I was weird. I was that kid that would grab a football and stand in the front yard and just like amazement, like slow motion, turn around and look around like this, you know, throw the ball into buckets. That was me. I was a weird guy. Um, I thought I was going to go to college. I thought I was going to go to the NFL. I thought I was going to make millions for my family. No, I never thought that. I just wanted to, I really wanted to be great. 
And I remember standing in my front yard, and I remember grabbing the football, and I would always have these scenarios, right? You're down by three. It's 30 seconds left. You're on the 40-yard line, and I throw this long touchdown pass to Ricky Johnson. We win the game. woo 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 And my name is in the newspaper. We all had that. But here's the thing. I wonder, in those moments, I remember looking around, and I thought, man, how cool would it be uh, to be surrounded by a stadium like you know game day on a Saturday afternoon OSU stadium I know some of you are like oh really OSU stadium being OSU stadium looking around running out of the tunnel getting to the middle of the field and all of a sudden you pause and it's slow motion you look all around like this 360 degrees and you're like wow there is 60,218 people looking at me I am surrounded by OSU fanatics now this will be a moment where you're surrounded or perhaps if you're a boomer sooner today, you'll run out of the tunnel, stand in the middle of the field, and all of a sudden pause and turn around 360 degrees, and you'll be looking at 88,000 plus people in that stadium. And perhaps just maybe, maybe there's some Michigan fans in here, and you run out of the tunnel, and that was your dream, is to be a Wolverine, and you run out of the tunnel, and you get to the middle of the field, and you do your 360 degrees in slow-mo, and you look at 107,000 people. And in that moment, you're like, I am surrounded by people. And today, you are surrounded by men and women who have made it by faith, cheering you on to say, listen, I need you to lay aside everything that's easily besetting you. I need you to lay aside your sin. If you're going to please God and get that, that a boy, that a girl, you're going to have to lay aside your sin. You're going to have to lay aside your weight. You're going to have to run with endurance. And you're going to absolutely have to keep your eyes on Jesus because it's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. And I realize today, listen, I realize today that we are not just surrounded by men and women who have made it on before us, but we are surrounded today with lives that have impacted us that are still living. Uh, some of you today have men. I told you about my coach. Uh, coach Huff is still alive. He still impacts my life today. I actually texted him the other day. And I said, man, you just never will realize how much you impacted my life. And I appreciate you. And it's those moments where there are even men and women who are alive that are standing in your corner cheering you on. You got this. Lay aside. Run. Look unto Jesus, and uh, it's their actions will always speak louder than their words. It's those men and women that perhaps they didn't even cheer you on, but their lives are cheering you on because you watched them go through those difficult times, and you're like, man, if they can do it, surely I can do it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I love this because we find that the Bible has been written for all of us and there's examples throughout God's word. And 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6 through 11 says, Now these things took place as examples for you and I, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be adulterers as some of them were. As it was written, these people sat down and eat and drunk and rose up and they played. But we must not indulge in, a, in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble, or as some of them did, were destroyed by the destroyer. Verse 11 says, now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. I think one of the greatest things that is perhaps a challenge for all of us is we feel, all feel like we have to go through things so we can learn it. And the truth is, we can actually look at lives, other people's lives, and say, we can learn it before we have to ever go through it. We don't have to make the same mistakes. Uh, we don't have to go through the same heartache. Uh, we don't have to uh, feel the same pain 
that they have felt because of the decision that they made, I can actually find myself deterring around that and not making the same mistakes by just watching people's lives. And we find that the Bible has been written for you and I today for examples of, of faith and examples of people who did not do so well or get that bad a boy. Um, so for you and I to be able to learn from as well. And today, I want you to look at Enoch's life. I talked about Enoch, and I want you to look at his life with me. And is the man who chose faith, um, his faith. This man, Enoch's faith, is something that determined his victorious story. When you look at his story and his life, and I know there's not a whole lot about his life, and I wish there was. I wish there was a big old write-up. But we find that he pleased God, and to me, that's a, that's a win. Every morning on Sunday, we stand as a group, as a team, and we go, hey, we need to list all the wins that we've seen throughout the week. And this is a win. Pleasing God is a win. That's amazing. And I got to tell you this morning, Enoch's life, his ability to please God was his faith. His faith. See, you guys had all these pictures of maybe when I was in high school and I was playing football, I had to run all this and I had to give him 110%, which none of us have 110%. That was such a lie. Coach Huff lied to me. He's like, give 110%. I'm like, I will. I'm trying. I'm about to die. There's not 110%. There's only 100% you can give, man. Give your best. But I was so fooled to give 110%. I think he just wanted me to go the extra mile, and I get it. But, but in Enoch's life, his faith, his faith determined his victorious life. And I want you to allow his life, again, when we look at his life, I want you to allow his life to speak to you, to lay aside, listen, to lay aside your weight and your sin. I, I want you to let his life speak to you. That, that moment when he got the, that a boy, let his life speak to you to lay aside and to run and to look unto Jesus. And I pray that you listen and you learn this morning. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 today, and we're going to just read a few verses that speak about this man. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 says this, by faith, everybody say faith. Faith, absolutely. I'm like, how did he please God? What was his faith? By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found. They couldn't find him. Where's Enoch? Well, because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. <laughs> Again, I mean, this is really almost all the information we have about him. But we have this fact that now before he was ever taken out of here, before they were looking for him, he had this, he was commended. He was, people t said, this guy has pleased, pleased God. Go to Genesis chapter 5, verses 21 through 24 today. I want you to look at this. It says, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah, Methuselah uh, walked, Enoch walked with God. I want you to look at this. Verse 22. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch was 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. I, uh, man, there is so, and all those scriptures, not very many, that talks about the life of Enoch. There is so much information actually in those scriptures that perhaps will give you, you and I today some insight of how we can get that data boy, um, how we can please God, how we can have God look down upon our lives and go, man, I am so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. 
I think that every time you pick yourself up off the ground when you do fall, God is looking down and saying, I'm so proud of you. I think when you give the effort, everything that's inside of you, I told you that there wasn't 110%. Coach Huff just wanted me to give my effort and my best. But I think when you were giving your very best, God's like, that a girl, that a boy, that a boy. The Bible states that Enoch was taken to heaven alive. There's only one other person, um, and maybe you know this, maybe you don't know that, but Elijah's the other person that was taken alive uh, right straight from the earth to heaven and didn't have to experience uh, death at all. Um, and I think you and I today, now I, I don't want you to get um, weird out or, or scared, but I think you and I are living in a generation that perhaps will experience the same thing. You're like, oh, pastor, what do you mean by that? I mean, what I mean by that is I do believe that God is coming back. I believe that Christ is coming back for his bride. I believe it could be any day, any time. Um, I've, been, I've been preaching this message since I was 16 years old. Got saved when I was 13, preached my first message at 16. I've been preaching that Jesus is coming back. I'm 44 years old. I'm an old man. But I still believe that I'm one year, one day closer to the coming of Jesus. And me and you could be just like Enoch and Elijah, taken from this world alive with Jesus in the air. And I'm excited for that moment. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18 says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, but they may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For those who we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we should, we who are alive, who are left until the coming of Jesus, or oh the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command. Oh, I just love that thought. God will, with a cry of command, he's going to command it, with the voice of the archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then those who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. With which words? Jesus is coming back. Yeah. And you and I will be a part of that bride if we continue to please. I love this. I don't care if you stand today with me and you're a pre-trib guy, meaning that you feel like God's going to come back before the tribulation, or maybe you're a mid-trib guy, or maybe you're a, pre, a post-trib guy. It really doesn't matter where you're at. And some of you are like, I don't even know what those tribs are about. <laughs> Pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, what's that about? Is that a book? Let me read the book. <laughs> um, I don't care where you fall in that. What I believe is Jesus is coming back, and he's coming back for his his bride. So let's look at three things today. Um, I told you that all of us was created with a sense of needing validation. All of us in this room. All of us feel a need to be validated, to, to hear the, that a boy, that a girl, to, to hear that I'm proud of you. Um, we all absolutely need that. I, I think that that's, we see that picture with, with God and, and Jesus himself, when Jesus was being baptized, and, and we find that the voice from heaven, God himself says, that's my boy and whom I am very proud of or pleased with. It's in that moment that God validated Jesus where everybody could hear. And I think that you and I today, listen, I know we shouldn't seek validation. We shouldn't. But that's a part of who we are. We like to hear, that a boy. We like to hear, I'm pleased. And so how is it? How can we live our life 
perhaps to please, please God. Here's the first thing today. Enoch, by faith, was dedicated. And you'll say, well, pastor, that doesn't make any sense. I think that dedication is what pleases God. Earlier, we said that Enoch found himself in that hall of fame of faith in chapter 11 of Hebrews because what he lived his life by, faith, is what pleased God. And today, for I believe that dedication, true dedication to God, is pleasing to him. He is pleased when we dedicate our lives to him. It's like, God, we are dedicated to you. We're dedicated to the kingdom. We're dedicated. And we find that that is very pleasing to God. And the only way, can I just, we're just being honest today? You're like, you're the preacher. You should, you should be honest, all right? I mean, I don't have to be, but you, you have to be. All right, you have to be. Is that the only way that we could truly be dedicated to our mission, truly dedicated to the Lord is by our faith. It's the only way any of us are going to make this. If you try it any other way, you're going to fail. There's something inside, there's something about faith that's so powerful. For us to be able to believe in something and say, God, I, I, I believe in you. My faith is in you, and I dedicate myself to that. Faith is what's going to power you to be dedicated. Faith is what's going to bring you through some of the toughest time when you want to throw in the towel, but you don't. Why? Because you are dedicated to it. Why do you not throw in the towel? Is because you have faith that says you're going to make it through. Everything's going to be all right. You got this. And this is pleasing to God. You stay dedicated because of your faith. And today I know some of you, your faith may be wavering. Your faith may be low. Your faith may be high. Some of you are come into the building and you're like, man, I just need to share my faith with everybody. I got so much. All of us may be on different levels, but I promise you today, being dedicated to God is not easy. Whoever said that living for Christ was easy, man, they lied to all of us. Give your life to God and it's going to be such easy, easy path. That is not true. That is not biblical. <laughs> By all means, it's not biblical. Narrow is the way and few will find it because it's difficult. And so today, I believe that for us to be dedicated, we must, we must have faith. Did you know that Enoch's name actually meant dedicated? His name in Hebrew, um, when you break it down, it meant to be dedicated. I mean, it's almost like he was born to be dedicated. And you got those, you, you got people who are like naturally born dedicated people, like, oh man, anything he says his mind to, he's just dedicated to it. Well, for, for whatever reason, Enoch's name meant dedicated. And so right off the bat, his faith, he was dedicated to the Lord. And I find that to you and I today, that we, the only thing that we can be dedicated to, or the things that we are dedicated to, are the things that we actually believe in. Think about this for a moment. The things that we are dedicated to, are the things that we believe in. We believe in. Everyone who has and will follow Jesus will have to take up their cross and they will have to follow him. Everyone in this building, you're, you're going to have to make that decision someday, or maybe you have, to say, you know what, I'm going to take up a cross, and I'm going to be dedicated, I'm going to follow him, just like the disciples did. None of us are excluded from that. All of us are going to have to make this. All of us are making that decision today to wake up every morning, take up a cross, and to follow him, to be dedicated to what God wants us to be dedicated. Matthew chapter 16 today, verses 24 to 28. How do we please God? Man, we're looking at Enoch's life today. And man, what was pleasing to God was his dedication to him. And even when we find in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 to 28, it says, and then Jesus looked at his disciples and told them, he said, if any of you would come after me, 
Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What a process is going to be there. That seems easy, doesn't it? Woo! He said, take up your cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly, I say to you, there is something standing here who will not taste death until they see this, the, the Son of Man coming in, the, in his kingdom. There's so much here today. I, I really want you to understand today what pleases God and what will please God was Enoch's dedication, his ability to take up his cross and follow him. You and I today, I know that's not an easy task, and I know that every day you're going to have to be dedicated to that purpose of getting up, pushing yourself. Paul said it like this. He said, man, there's times that I just, I have to beat my body unto subjection. He said, I have to discipline myself. I have to make myself do things it doesn't want to do. I have to make my mind do things it doesn't want to do. I have to wake up every day with intention. I have to do it. And I think that that moment in Enoch's life is what pleased God. And you and I today, I think our dedication to him, taking up our cross, following him, being dedicated, reading his word, following him, loving God, doing good, being a friend, is what puts a smile and says, man, I am that a boy. I'm so pleased with you this morning. I want you to look at the second one today. It's like, how do we, how do we do this? How do we please how do we please God? I believe that Enoch, by faith, remember everything that Enoch was doing was by his faith. You and I come to Christ through our faith. We live by faith. We don't live by sight. A lot of us, we see a lot of things happen in our life. My wife was given a great illustration today of JC climbing to the mountain and looking and was so excited about seeing the sunrise. And she sees nothing but clouds and fog. And at that moment in our lives, spiritually, we could, if we're living by sight and not by faith, it's like, man, God's not out there. It's not working. Why did we even try? Why would we do this? Why do we put the effort in? Why do we stay dedicated to something that doesn't seem like it's changing? And in that moment, we could throw in the towel and give and give up. But dedication is pleasing to God. The second thing today is that Enoch was relational. And I think that that's what we see in this small story of his life is that he was absolutely relational. You and, today, you and I today, we live in a relationship with Jesus. This is not a, a lots of do's and don'ts. This is a relationship that I have. And I love it because Enoch was relational. And by faith, he was relational. He was relational. I want you to look at it with me. John chapter 20, verse 29 says this. Says Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Because blessed are those who have not seen, yet believe. You and I today who have not seen Christ, um, but we have faith, we believe that he died on the cross for us, we have accepted that. Um, man, we are so blessed today. Why? Because we are dedicated 
and we are relational, and we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and we are blessed today. And uh, I, I love it. My wife and I have been married for 25 years, and some of you are like, that's a long time. And some of you, you're like, you're still just pops. <laughs> and our relationship has, is much greater. I, I, there's an old country song, I love you more now than I love you then, or however that goes. Um, but the truth is, I do love my wife a whole lot more now than I did when I said I do. Oh, I thought I loved her a lot, and I did that day. But man, 25 years later, I love you, Kelly, more than I did then. And I would hope to think that she would say the same thing about me. <laughs> she might say, I don't love you as much as I did then. <laughs> you irritate me. Um, but I think in that irritation, there's so much love there, right? But I love, this is a relationship thing. Every day we work on our relationship. I know that there's things that irritate her. Absolutely. And there's things that she does everything perfect. Nothing irritates me at all. <laughs> See, I've been married for 25 years. I know, <laughs> I know where to watch my mouth, all right? So um, listen, relationship is something that we work on. I think everyone in this room, we have friends, we have relationships, and we know that relationships will either thrive or they will die if we don't work with them. If we don't give and take, if we're not involved, if we're not connected, if we're not engaged in a relationship, it will never work. And I love it that we find that right here, Enoch walked. He walked. He was in relationship with God. He walked daily with God. I love it. He walked with God. What is said of you and I today? When people look at your lives and they say, man, he walks with God. He's relational. And not just with people, but we could tell that he has a relationship with the living God. It's changed his life. It's changed his life. I look back upon my life and my relationship with my wife, and I can promise you my life has changed um, 100% with her being in my life. It absolutely has. There's things upon my life that, um, that uh, as a, maybe a person that has changed, um, my life economically has changed with her, and she drastically helped me get out of poverty. Um, God, God did some amazing things throughout our life, but I'm telling you, um, her mentality, just the things that she's helped me with uh, to uh, perhaps um, grab a hold of the potential that God had inside of me has come through her. Um, and I'm, she believes in me. And that relationship is what brought that out. And today, our relationship with God is so important. A relationship. How much time are you spending with God today? I mean, do you give him a little bit of your life, a little bit of your time? Or you're like, you know, listen, long-distance relationship wouldn't have worked with Kelly and I. I'm, I that wouldn't have worked. And some of you perhaps have a long relationship with Christ, a long distance relationship. You see him twice a year. You know, like, God, we only talk, talk twice a year. I'll see you at Easter, baby. I'll see you at Christmas, you know, kind of deal. Um, long distance relationship. And some of you, um, you truly have a relationship where you're talking to him every day. You're allowing him to guide your life. You're allowing him to direct you. You're allowing him to change your life. You're allowing him a part of your life. This is a relationship thing. I'm in love with God. And some of you are like, that's weird. I'm absolutely in love with him. We're in relationship. And I pray today that you will have that same love. You say, you know what? I love God. I'm going to walk with him step in step. Isn't it amazing the Bible says that the footsteps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord? It's a relationship thing. <laughs> then I am walking side by side with God, and every step is being taken as he's walking with me. I love it. Relationship. He hasn't left you alone. He's right there. 
He has always been there. He'll never forsake you. It's called relationship. And it's only by faith. Can you imagine today, all of us in this room, you are in a relationship with Jesus because of faith. You don't see him. He's not walking with you. But spiritually, you have walked every day with him by faith. By faith. And that's what's making you victorious today, is your faith. Number three today. I'm going to keep you extra long today because Kendall's not here, so you guys don't care. Kendall's the only one that wants me to out by 11.30. You guys are the faithful ones. If you're watching, Kendall. <laughs> Point number three today. Enoch, by faith, was intentional. He was intentional. Do you think that pleasing God just happened? Absolutely not. I think it was intentional. And I think that our lives today, if we're going to please God, we have to live it in such a way that we're intentional about everything. That we purpose it. We have a plan. I, I, every day, I have not just... I'm going to get up and I'm going to do it with intent. With intent. I, I want you to look at this real quick. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 through 6 says this. It says, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And he was not found. They, they were looking for him. Can't find him because God had taken him. And for before he was taken, he had this testimony, or he was commended, as the other version said, that he absolutely pleased God. Verse 6 says this. But without faith, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seeks him. Some of you may have asked, why did I say Enoch's name and then say, by faith, he was dedicated. And then I would say, Enoch by faith, he was relational. And I would say, Enoch, by faith, he was intentional. Because today, you need to be reminded and you need to be told that by our faith, without faith, you cannot please God. None of us in this room. We cannot please him. We can't get that, uh, that a boy without faith. Everything that you do from being dedicated is going to take your faith. Being intentional this morning or perhaps relational is going to take your faith. And being intentional is going to, be your, going to take your faith. It's the moments where you're going to have to discipline yourself and say, you know what, this is what I have intended. This is what I'm going to follow through with. Some of you have good intentions. And I will not tell you what my mother-in-law says what good, good intentions does. All right? I won't do that. Um, but this morning... Not just having good intentions, but actually following through with your intentions. So, man, I tell you what, I am intentional. I am going to do and set out to do this in every aspect. If there's little things. Sometimes we, we set out to do these huge things and we never accomplish it. Why don't you just be intentional with the little things first? Make the little changes in your life. And I promise you that will please God. You're like, you know what? Some of you are trying to start out praying every day 30 minutes. Why don't you just try two minutes it's okay try hey listen let's eat the elephant one bite at a time 
You start with two minutes, and then you'll go to four minutes, then five minutes, and then you'll be ten minutes, then you'll be praying 30 minutes and didn't realize it. Let's be intentional with the little things. Let's be intentional um, with loving God, doing good, and being a friend. And the only way you're going to love God is be intentional. The only way you're going to do good is to be intentional. And the only way you're going to be a friend is to be intentional. And we have to do that by faith. Faith. Faith that moves mountains. Faith that says, listen, you know what? I have tried so much. I've tried yesterday to love God, but man, I failed. Then you just get back up and you do it again by faith. Man, I tried to do good, but I failed today. Then you just get right back up and by faith, you do good. Be intentional with the little things in your life. Maybe it's your Bible reading. Maybe some of you need to pick up your Bible and read your Bible. No, actually, we all in this room need to pick up our Bible, and we need to read it. Um, either it be from your phone or be a hard copy or however you read your Bible, you should read your Bible. Be intentional with that. Maybe it's a scripture a day. Maybe you get a little devotional, and you start off just with that. That has one scripture, and you read it and get some insight from somebody else. And then you start getting into God's Word, and you begin to read it. One verse at a time, two verses, maybe a chapter. Maybe you will challenge yourself this year and say, I'm going to read God's word through from front to back this year. Maybe you just challenge yourself and say, you know what? I'm just going to read Psalms this year. This is what I'm going to read. I'm just going to read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's what I'm going to read. I'm going to be intentional about that. And I know that when I am intentional, I please, I please God. What a praise team come to this morning although there was not much written about Enoch's life we know that by faith he absolutely pleased God it was his faith because we also know that without faith we cannot please him and so you and I today maybe we should take a check at our faith before we look at if we're dedicated before we look at if we're um, relational, before we ever look at the fact that we are intentional or not, maybe we should look inward and say, "How? where's our faith at? I mean, do we believe? I mean, do we believe? I am convinced today. I said it, I think I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I had a lady tell me, she was sharing something with me, and she said, I don't want to taint your faith. And I was like, you did, you you're not going to be able to change my view. You're not going to taint my faith. And the reason why I say that is today, I truly believe that God heals of cancer. My dad passed away with cancer. My mom pa passed away with cancer. And I got to tell you, I prayed for both of them. I fasted for both of them. At the end of every prayer, never fasted. I said, God, let it be your will. You're a sovereign God. I trust you. I trust your plan. My mom and dad was not healed as I would want them to be with my prayers. God didn't choose that way. But I'm still convinced today that my God heals. It doesn't change my mind. I've gone through a lot of heartache in life, but nothing has changed my mind yet that God is not real. He's real. He's real. I'm in love with Him today, more today than I was yesterday. I'm in love with Him today. Even though he perhaps hasn't answered all of my prayers like I thought he would. Even though I've been rejected. 
as we talked about last week handling rejection even throughout life because life is absolutely not fair I truly trust that God His name is above every name He's all powerful He's all knowing I believe that today I don't know what you came into this room with I don't know what you're struggling with I don't know if you've been trying to find some validation in life. Maybe it's been that validation with God. I would say today that you take a check at your faith. You say, where's my faith? I mean, am I intentional? Am I relational? Am I dedicated? And then if there's a a yes to those, I would say that God is smiling down at you saying, I am so pleased with you. Your faith is what pleases me. You getting back up every... It doesn't matter how many times you've fallen. It's about the time that you get back up. That's what pleases God. Would you stand this morning? There's a story in the Bible. At the beginning of the Bible, all right? For those who are going to set out to read your Bible today, at the very beginning of your Bible, there's a story about Cain and Abel. I love this story.
Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more messages or find our service time, you can visit us at our website, homechurchtecumsa.com, for more information. And thank you again. And until next time, love God, do good, and be a friend. Be blessed.